And welcome back to another edition of the Football Freestyle. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. Follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. And if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, be sure to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating, and leave us a comment. We got a lot of good content on that iTunes uh, account, our Football Game Plan podcast account. And as always on Football Freestyle, we talk a little bit of football, a little bit of rap, a little bit of whatever. Um, and I'm always joined by our resident hip-hop analyst, IW of Do You Music. That's at Do You Music, D U E U Music, and Do You Music.com as well. IW, what's going on? Nothing much, man. I'm here, you know, my nerves bad. We're getting close to draft time where people start getting crazy and a lot of analysts say some crazy things that need to be put in check. So we, we got some things to address. I know, like we say, it's, it's close to April Fool's, but I'm not in the April Fool's mood today. Yeah, but you, you, oh, you was. You damn near died this week. Like you, you have like what five antibodies left? Yeah. Oh man, see, bro, I was down and out, bro. I mean, literally sick as a dog. Four days, missed out on a lot of work. But hey, I, I've been listening. I've been paying attention to what's been going on on these television tubes and across these Twitter nets. Well, we got a lot to get get in get into this this episode, man. And uh, you know, we gotta just get this thing started with the top news storylines of the the week or this podcast of today i mean today we had a really good one um right. this kind of kicked off the morning with jim morris comments about uh josh rosen you heard those i mean i heard him call him a, a, a you know a guy that you got to keep mentally challenged pretty much because he's pretty much a smart dude supposedly well here's his exact words because i don't want to mince uh what he says because i think there's a lot of context in here but you know how the the mob goes when they uh, they hear one thing and they, they hang on it. But here's what he said. He was talking with Peter King mm-hmm. and of and, and reading this entirely of his own quarterback. Morris said, quote, Josh, I think without a doubt is the number one quarterback in the draft. He's a franchise changer. He's got the ability to have an immediate impact. His arm talent, intelligence and his ability to see the game and diagnose the game is rare. He'd come to the sidelines after a play and it was uncanny. He could right away say exactly why he made every decision. Now, he needs to be challenged intellectually so he doesn't get bored. He's a millennial. He wants to know why. Uh, millennials, once they know why, they're good. Josh has ha- Josh has a lot of interest in his life. And if you can hold this concentration level and focus only on football for a few years, he'll set the world on fire. And he has so much ability and he's really good. He's a really good kid. So, and he also, and Peter King wrapped up that statement by saying, it sounded like Jim Moore thinks Rosen would be well served to be pushed by quarterback mentors like uh, Shermer, who's the head coach of the Giants, or Jeremy Bates with the Jets, um, and to learn for, for a year or so from an Eli Manning or Josh McCown. So, obviously, first of all, what do you think of those comments Wait. before I tell you what happened on, on, on Twitter? Well, let's, let me just say this. I don't care what the dude likes to do outside of football. Everybody got interest outside of football. My problem is what he do on the field. I'm still looking for the wins that would translate him being talked about as a top five or top ten pick. So, you know, I, I mean, he's a smart dude. I'm sure you get along. Probably a great seller or whatever. You want to know why? I want to know why, too. I'm, I guess I'm a millennial, too. I like knowing why. I think everybody my, like knowing why. Why, <laughs> exactly. So, so I have no problem with him labeling him that. I mean, you know, no matter where he goes, it's still I need the footage to show him winning a big game before I'm worrying about how I'm going to entertain him outside of football. I mean, you know, people really took that millennial comment and, you know, they say hit dogs holler. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, how could he? he no, it, it, take, it don't take long for 
the grandstanding to take place. You know, some somebody read the word millennial, mm-hmm. they come soapboxes, they stack them up high too. Like, right. I can't believe that he has the audacity to say about millennials. He right. wants to know, but when you look at this whole quote, he's just saying like, he clearly said the dude is the best quarterback. He clearly right. said this guy can play. He clearly said he's a smart dude and Nick explained all his decisions, even the bad ones, even that that god awful interception he yep. threw against Memphis that went back the other way for six. Um, right. Even the, the other god awful interception against Memphis that went back close to the other way. In the but he could game. explain exactly why he threw it though. Exactly, because he saw he saw something within the defense. He wanted to see if that dude actually was gonna catch that lazy, eight lazy ass out he threw. So right. you know, I get it. All the all the one that went through the dude's hand versus Texas A and M on the miraculous comeback. So he just wanted to see. If he could fit it in there, he wanted to know why. Uh, why the throws. ball would go through there? So, what's the percentage of those tight window throws? Like, I don't know. So don't we gotta know. we gotta look at the numbers. But when you think about what he said, dog, he didn't say anything that's terribly wrong. I mean, that's like if somebody uh, take out millennials and put Gen X. I guess that's us, right? Right. Uh, Eighty-one to ninety-two, I believe, or ninety-one, I believe, is like Gen X. So, if someone was to say that about Gen X, I mean. I don't get why people are so up in arms about his comments. He actually backed his player. Um, he gave a little Called bit of him a smart guy. Called him a smart guy. Said, say, okay, he's the type of guy that... Now, now, we both played on teams where, you know, you have these run-through-a-brick-wall dudes that's like, yo, you, coach just told you run through a brick wall, and you did it. Like, you... Why? Like, you, you know... So, I get that. You know, I, there's players... <laughs> there's going to always be those players, right? right? And there's going to be players like Josh Allen that's going to say, like, hey, rem- prime example, going back to our, let's go back to high school. All right. We were the ones that asked questions about, you know, why are we, why are we running the, the option? We're trying to install our own place. <laughs> exactly. So we get it. You know, I. <laughs> no, no. Here's my favorite one, bro. And I really mean this. I'll never forget our coach telling us to wait on that DN. <laughs> 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 and I never get being playing versus Curtis, and they got this big two hundred fifty five pound dude just tossing me because I'm sitting there waiting on him to come to me. He then built up all his things. <laughs> he built up all his momentum, to <laughs> and I'm waiting him. on him. Like even even then, that don't cut him either. Don't cut him. Well, you know that was out the window with me. I'm cutting everybody. Everybody, exactly. It, it got to the point where I was like, yo, why are we even blocking the blitzer? But right. imagine how revolution I should come out with a book with uh, imagine how revolutionary that that is as far as game planning is concerned. Right. I don't have to block the blitzer. I'm going to just leak out in the flat and be wide open. Be wide open. Either going to stop blitzing or somebody going to cover me. So that's how bad but that's uh, that's asking why. Right. You know, so, so much props to Josh Rosen for asking why. Right, but when you look deeper into the numbers, I'm and, We'll get back to, to, to the numbers in a second because, you know, the numbers is all that count, right? Right. So we're going to get back to the numbers. These storylines, this ball season open up, too. You got any uh, thoughts about, you know, baseball? Who won the World Series last year? I want to say the the, uh, the, the, the Colts. Cubs? Um, no, that, no, that was two years ago. Is Houston? Yeah, it was Houston. Yeah, it was Houston. Astros. J.J. Watt. Yeah, JJ Wright, America. So you're starting to see all these people now, these Houston Astros. Though I, I really hate going to the barbershop um when when any team is in the you know on a run. Cause the as soon as you walk in, 
that one dude that's always loud, like, oh, oh, I've been an Astros, like, man, shut right. up, dude. Like, right. I've been a loyal to Chicago right. fan. Like, man, I was in my... Houston last week. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, right. so, yeah, baseball um, lets us know that we're getting close to the draft. No, but here, this is what I want to know about baseball. How do Yankees get everybody? Money. No, like, literally. Like, that dude, Giancarlo, I, how, do, how does he end up on the Yankees? Uh, players are smart though like they, they understand that at the end of the day i want to win and i want to get paid and there's only one spot in major league sports that right. allows you to do that and that's right. the yankees right didn't dion so, play for the yankees yeah man so, everybody played for the yankees lebron <laughs> played for the yankees the yankees drafted no russell wilson russell, played for the yankees exactly so i mean it's just crazy yeah i mean Baseball season is here. I, I really, you know, it's too many games, man. Uh, they cut them it's games in half. Games. Cut the innings down to seven. Right. Um, make the home runs worth five. Five, right. And, and make strikeouts worth, you know, count for two outs. Because if you right. struck out, that's the worst feeling in the world. To, like, swing a bat and not hit nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say striking out somebody got to be the closest thing to dunking on somebody. But it ain't. Like, or running over somebody. Right, right. How about saying nothing? Touchdown, scoring the touchdown and hitting the home run got to be the two best feelings. Right, right. Because oh, a pitcher pitched this thing and you really sent that that bad boy out, <laughs> out the top. top. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you threw that for? Like, like so far. I, I, all right, I got to tell this story, man. Go ahead. And this is how I got in trouble uh, when I was dating this girl in college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I'm walking with my homeboy. And we, you know, we walk past me, him, and her, and we walk past the softball field, and you know, she played softball in in high school, mm-hmm. and we, we were like, man, they, you know, they pitching that, we'll rock that thing, mm-hmm. and uh, she was like, no, no, you won't, because you know that that, you know, it's going seventy miles an hour. That's that's pretty fast. I'm like, yo, listen, first of all, the ball big as hell is right. green, and he pitch it underhand. I'm all about right. to smack that thing, you know, so. <laughs> So she was like, they got ball and bat in the rec center. Let's go, you know. So, yeah, all right, cool. Now, here's where, you know, this is where you have, like, if this was a children's book, you mm-hmm. could choose option A or B. Mm-hmm. You know, should Timmy choose option A or should Timmy choose option B? Uh, option A would have been let her strike you out right, and live to see another day, right? Option B is get them home runs. <laughs> exactly, get them home runs up because you never know who watching. You know what I'm saying? Get your Mark been on right quick. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I could have got my Biggie on. Right. You know, so we go out there and no lie, the first pitch she threw, I swung and I, I swung it. I hit nothing. I'm like, man, <laughs> like it really. It she threw a little curve, uh, underhand right. curve ball. I was like, all right. Second pitch, pop. Out the park. All right. Now, now, you know, I'm now your confidence up. That confidence up. I'm laughing. My homeboy get up straight slaughtered. I'm talking about, um, you know, Major League Three. Like he straight rocked it. And now we both laughing, joking. She was mad for a week, and obviously we're not together. You know, so All right. that's that's how it is. But moving on. Now All the right. athletic, uh, the news, uh, the athletic hired a new writer. Um, well, they had a bunch of the new writers, and the funny part is that none of them look like us. Right. But they hire so many. Hey, you know what's trip? You know what trips me out about that? It's like when people, the people here's here's how they they lose their job, mm-hmm. and you don't want nobody to lose their job because they'll they'll tweet out and say like, you know, 
with it with due sadness. I'm leaving. I, I'm leaving, you know, my job at the Seattle Post present, uh, covering the Seahawks and you know, for you know, six months and uh, it's just right. heartbreaking. It was a great it's opportunity. Great opportunity. I've met so many people and touched so many lives with my work over these last three months. But you can catch the rest of my work. You can still catch my Seahawks work at, at ABC, NBC, CBS, NBC Sports, CBS. They they have like seven jobs yeah, currently. Yeah. And we can't find one. No, it's it, crazy. But all the people that work for the, uh, the athletic, you know, I think somebody did a report today that 75% are white males. Imagine that. 4% of black, 0% of black women. Wow. And I want to say 7% are Asian. And I think overall, uh, oh, 1.5 or 2% maybe Hispanic. And, um, uh, overall, twelve percent women. So they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, but when they hire lot. new, you know, they got a lot of work to do. And you know, so it, you know, shout out to the athletic, you know, creating creating jobs. Um, and you know, just the last wrap up our our news stories here on on the network. Um, you know, it's it's starting to pick up. There is that time of the year where you know, insert players starting to pick up steam. Um, and this is funny because uh, these are guys that we've said like way early that you know they're the best but now since they people didn't i guess people don't listen to us uh you know respect our opinion right um um and we'll talk about that later but uh, i guess they don't listen they don't respect our opinion because they have to wait and see them run a 40-yard dash or you know three cone drill or you know whatever other formula they can put into the formula to get the outcome of the formula in the metrics right. so um, so now people are saying, oh, man, this guy Chase Edmonds from Fordham is, is a really good player. He's a sleeper. Um, but, yeah, well, I told you all that like four years ago, you know what I'm saying, when, when he was a freshman. I told you as a sophomore. Crazy. But I'm crazy. crazy. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pumping up small school guys. Yeah. You know, and I saw this other day, too. The Saints are bringing in Natrell Jamerson uh, for a top 30 visit. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, man, oh, when you look at his athletic profile and the metrics in the, you know, in the, the system – and but back in February, I was like, this was pre combine and all pre workouts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Free safety, and but now people are saying, Oh, wow, after wow, that combine, I mean, those numbers, yeah, you know, that, that broad jump. See, that that's always key, you know what I'm saying? That's the key part right there that broad jump and a radar gun. But so you're starting to see guys starting to pick up steam, you know. I mean, uh, a lot of these players are just starting to. to get known to the masses. It's funny how many people cover the draft all year round and have no idea who these players are. So it's don't gotten to the point. Don't know any of the prospects. Don't know any of the prospects. We've gotten to a point where small school sleepers, oh, there's a small school sleeper from Memphis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I swear, man, I hate the draft. I hate football. Uh, speaking of football, spring football about to kick off or, or in some cases wrapping up. I know, you know, you got – uh, April 14th, you got Ball State, uh, Fresno State. They are uh, uh, wrapping up their spring with their spring game. And um, Pacific University, the boxers out there yeah. in Oregon, they got uh, – uh, they released their schedule. They got uh, September 1st, you got Chapman. Then you got Dubuque, uh, <laughs> Cal Lutheran, George Fox, Listen, Pacific Lutheran. There's, there's no more intriguing spring story that was taking place in Tuscaloosa, bro. Oh, that's right. I forgot they won the championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because here's the thing. The 
the the Jalen Hurts to a Taglia Valoa, or Taglia Valoa, I think is how you say the dude. Man, he got to change his last name. Yeah, my bad, Tua. We just gonna call you Tua. Right. But Tua, I I, I single handedly watch Tua make three of the worst plays in football <laughs> history. First of all, he came out and threw a pick to nobody was even looking at him when he was doing that little rollout before Georgia blew the game because they got the pick of the third quarter. I mean, M, tell me this. You in the championship game, you up 20-7 to 7 with the ball at the 39 after a pick. And then on the next play, they turn it over again and put them back in the game. And you got two of the top running backs back. in, in the conference. I mean, Who- it don't make sense. It don't make sense. You know, they were trying to, I don't want to say I'm trying to make Fromm the hero, but run the ball. They, if Fromm was hitting on some passes when they needed them, but you up 20 to 7 at 39 with the ball. Like you got a chance to go up more by 16 minimum if you just, you know, run the ball to get the points. But two or through that pick, then he come back on the touchdown to Ridley, at which the world will go back and watch that touchdown. Like, that was the luckiest touchdown ever. He was not throwing that ball to Ridley. He didn't even see Ridley coming to get that ball. Then huh. you top of that with the worst sack in overtime <laughs> history. Like, literally, he couldn't have took a worse sack than he did. And then they bail him out on the next play. He become the hero because he hit a goal route. And I'm not saying it wasn't a good pass. But, M, I, I, I at least expect somebody to be on the man. I mean, all he did was look off the safety and throw back deep. Yeah, I could do that. I ain't saying I could do it as good as him, <laughs> but I could take a step back, look off a safe net, and hum that thing as far as I can throw. <laughs> and well, now, yeah. all of a, now all of a sudden, Tua is the greatest player in the history of Bama. Like, i not saying the dude not talented, but I I saw the dude make one great play. I mean, you know, like he, and he not scary, I mean, which is good. But Hurts, Hurts may not be the best passer, but I always defend him. His, his, his poise is something you can't coach. You, you hey, can't coach that. You know, going back to that touchdown he threw to Ridley, like he literally was just throwing it to the back of the end zone. He really was. He he was throwing it to twenty two. He was the running back had a man <laughs> on him, which was a bad pass. He was he was under pressure, so he had to throw it. So he just let it go, and Ridley come trailing across the field and took that ball. Right? Well, see, that's what that's why being twenty five in college, you know, <laughs> helps you out if you Ridley, right. <laughs> you know. That veteran he leadership. He didn't see. He ain't nothing. He did not see before, right? But you're right, though. Though, like, I don't even know why there's a question about quarterback controversy at Bama. I think you clearly have to go back to Hurts and just, you know, at least you know you got a relief pitcher in Tua that's not afraid to throw it. Right. He not. You know? He not. But now throw it accurately is a different question. Throw it accurately or not even that, just make the right decision. Like, M, that the the first pick he threw, nobody was even looking at him. <laughs> like he threw it to the back of the dude's head because they thought he was scrambling. And then the, the like I say, the touchdown he threw shouldn't even been a touchdown. Like it so you know, that's that's two passes. Then the sack. Like the I I I'm gonna have to go rewatch that sack, bro. He, you know, it, it had to be at least seventeen yards he lost. Like he was, in overtime, right? And he just got bailed out by you know. He, I mean, defense, literally. I swear, when he threw the pass, <laughs> like he he used his entire body. It seemed like he jumped and threw it. That's what, and so you know how you know how it is. Like, and we gonna talk about this later about the emotions, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at that, and I'm like, man, I wanted to, everybody was, oh, he's like Russell Wilson. He's like this. And I'm sitting there with a with a little bit of ounce of truth, and I was like, you know what? 
everybody high right now, the momentum up. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put this tweet out there because you know people feelings gonna get hurt. You know, but but when you now that we what four months removed from championship right. game. We on to a new season. On to a new season, spring. Like I said, ball state about to wrap up. You right. know, we on we on to a new season. It, I think we can sit here and say safely that Tua is kind of like Seneca Wallace. Like Tua will be a strong fifty four percent completion percentage passer. Right. Now like, here's the thing. I, I I will say this. I think the dude have some arm time. I think he could throw the ball. And it, you know, at Bama they keep five star receivers, so he will have targets to throw too. It's just that I'm not ready to buy into this dude being the savior after that one game. Like, no, especially with the decisions he made in that one game. And the one play that saved him was a throw that anybody, you know, playing quarterback should be able to throw. Like, you, you threw a street, you threw a go route. I mean, to a dude that wasn't covered. Like, that, you know, like it's, it is what it is. Saban was about to slaughter and I murder know. that dude <laughs> when he took that sack. I know. Like, Saban looked like. Like how dare you two? Like no, I'm gonna say again. To this day, that still had to be the rawest change of emotion, though, for for somebody like Nick Saban, dude. Like from <laughs> seeing that sack to having a touchdown on the next play, because there's no way Tua wasn't gonna be fifth string next year had they lost that game. He he didn't even have to worry about Saban. You go back to to Bama. <laughs> boy, you boy, you got a weird last name, right? And you right. just cost him the championship. Yeah, no, say, bro, that was crazy. Now, college football is always fun because you know you go, you always transition from the season to uh, recruiting to spring football. Ball state about to wrap up, and you, you now you look at <laughs> the pro days, right? Um, because that kind of gets you back on campus. And we just had a, one of the most historic pro days uh, a couple of weeks ago in Sam Donald. Yeah, uh, I mean, legendary, legendary. Threw it in the rain. Um, because first time it has ever rained in Southern California, apparently Tony, Tony, Tony told a lie, mm. and you just had another outstanding historic pro day in Josh Rosen, uh, Allen. By oh, listen, with the with the the lack of defense and no pressure, he right. didn't really showcase that on. So you had all those pro days, right? And Baker Mayfield came out there looking like Danielson, right? Right. So, <laughs> now I'm sorry. I mean, he couldn't have looked more ready. He was so ready. Like you that, that's top five. So, but you had Lamar Jackson go out there. And when people here, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm gonna play this right quick because I thought when people were talking about uh Jim Moore's comments, they was talking about this. So let, let's play this for the people. Okay, go. Coach, did you just start sweating as a defensive guy? Did you just start sweating <laughs> oh, here and all yeah, that? Yeah, you just you don't as a defensive minded guy, these are the guys that scare the heck out of you. I mean, this is uh it's like playing against the wildcat with a guy that can throw it down the middle. So in order to stop a wildcat type of offense, you got to take a guy out of the middle to fill up all the gaps. Well, you can't do it with a guy like this. Some great qualities here. This is a 20-year-old. He didn't turn 21 until October. Um, he's got you know, more size than Mike. He's yeah. longer than Mike. I don't know how yeah. durable he is, but he's long. He's been tremendously productive in his college career, both as a passer and as a runner. And, Bucky, you said it. If, if he goes to the right team and they use him the right way, and they build on the confidence that is innate to him, and they don't break him down, he can be tremendously successful in this league. He's got some, some accuracy issues that okay. he has to work through, and that's same, the same discussion. Some 60% with, with Josh Allen. We heard the same thing yeah. with Josh Allen. The difference with Lamar is that if he's having an off day accuracy-wise, he can go out and run for 100 yards. He's got that type of special talent. 
My biggest concern with him is just the way that he plays. We've seen it so many times that the guys that run as much as he did. He's, he's got more rushing, I think more rushing yards and touchdowns than Saquon Barkley over the last two years. So he has ran the ball a bunch. It's just can you physically hold up? Well, and I hear college coaches tell me all the time, well, they never get a good shot on him. Well, in the NFL, you are going to get some good but, shots. But one of the things that, that I like, I mean, I, and I was lucky to coach Mike, okay, and, uh, and all the comparisons made to Mike, I can understand them. Uh, and I love Mike. I think he's a great quarterback, as we all know. But this guy, to me, he remains a passer longer than Mike did. You know, Mike was more apt to take off and run a little bit sooner than I see Lamar doing. I've just, you know, I've seen clips where he hangs in there, he hangs in there, he hangs in there, then he makes the throw down the field for a touchdown. And Mike was just a little bit more prone to take off and go. So maybe he counters some of that, you know, the hits that he takes by, by hanging in the pocket a little bit. The other thing you have to do is you have to make sure that schematically you get him outside the numbers. If you get him outside the numbers on those planned runs, then you're going to minimize the hit. You're going to put him in an environment that he controls. He can get out of bounds. He can slide. He can see things just on one side of the field. It's not as muddy. It's yeah. muddy in it's the middle of the It's not muddy. Field. You know, we did not want Mike going up the middle. Now, when the pocket opened on a pass play, he would do it. But on the designed run, get him moving away from bodies, not towards yeah, 11 bodies. Well, he, listen, well, he, he, and, and, 69 touchdown passes. So I know we're always talking about the runner, the runner, the runner, the runner, the runner. Look, there's something about this kid. All right. He obviously can see the field. He obviously can make good decisions, and he obviously can put the ball where it needs to be. You don't throw 69 touchdown passes without being a damn good passer. <laughs> well, and you brought up Mike Vick a little bit earlier, and I know in addition to all the coaches on the move the 6-360 with Lamar, you had Mike Vick on as well. And here's what Michael Vick had to say about Lamar Jackson. I happened to catch Louisville and Florida State, and I could not believe what I had seen. Uh, I could not believe the things that he was able to do. It was a spitting image of me. And the only thing that came to my mind was this kid was is five times better than what I was when I was at Virginia Tech. And his game really showed that he had what it takes to play on the next level. Even at that time, if I was a GM, I would draft him. You know, whether it's the first round or fourth round, you know, you look at all the quarterbacks coming out in the draft, they're all projects. Nobody's guaranteed to do anything. So... Coach, that's Mike Vick's thoughts. He says yeah. he thinks Lamar Jackson right now is a better player than he was at that time. You agree? I, shoot, I, all I remember about Mike Vick is that dang sugar bowl. <laughs> I mean, pretty darn good. You know, that's pretty darn good. But I'll tell you what, if Mike is saying that this kid's a, a better player than him, I think it says two things. Number one, that Mike is very humble. Yeah. And number two, that this kid's a pretty darn good player, right. you know, to get that from Mike. He was the number one overall pick. Yeah. Why, why aren't we talking about Lamar Jackson? Taylor to the player. Well, in, in Bucky, it's a player's league. I mean, players win games, not yeah. coaches. Coaches being able to put their ego aside and and conceptualize to what the players do best on their squad is what's going to help you have success. I think your, your uh, comparison to what Philly did is, is just right on. You know, this is a unique player. This is a unique quarterback. There's some things that he's going to do better than others and some things that he's just not going to be able to do at this point in his career. So you work within that. You don't get stubborn as a coach. You say, man, how can I enhance these abilities that he has? What do I need to do to make him successful? And then you do it. You know what, man? It's... Because when I heard those comments, I'm thinking, like, okay, that's the reason to be up in arms. Um, what do you thought of what he said about Lamar Jackson? Well, I'm going to just say this, man. The thing that's crazy to me is this. You got 69 touchdown passes. 69 touchdown passes in an in a, in a offense where you're throwing for over 3,500 yards. So just in general, all that along with intercept turnover ratio with the number of passes, 
Like the dude has to know what he's looking at. And I'm going to say again, and I'll bring up another player, the, the one player that I'll, you know, give some leeway to because his numbers give him a right to be argued for is Baker Mayfield. But you look at the number of weapons that have come out of Oklahoma that have gone to the league in his time, Lamar Jackson doesn't have any of that. So then you also got to keep that into consideration that this dude really is out there in Louisville at the AC, in the ACC by himself. Going up against teams like Florida State and Clemson and, you know, some tough defenses every year where Mayfield is just throwing through the Big 12. And then when you run up against good competition, he an average quarterback. It's funny how that worked out for him in uh, that playoff game against Georgia. Uh, again, we always talk about, you know, they took the ball out of his hands in that fourth quarter o- overtime. Um, so, I, you know, with Jackson. Listen to this. This is Baker Mayfield numbers versus – teams outside of the Big Ten. This is most specifically ACC and SEC. Three and three, 13 touchdowns, seven picks. And I'm going to say it again, of the three and three record, the one that win came against Auburn, who was quarterbacked by Jeremy Johnson and Sean White. So me and you could have tag team and beat Auburn that year. The, it, the numbers don't lie unless, which again, but, you know, we live in a numbers society, man, where the numbers and the metrics all so, make sense. So, so my, my whole thing is if Baker is a great passer with those numbers, you know, with his gaudy numbers, how can you not look at Lamar Jackson just passing alone outside of his ability to run and say, man, this dude is a damn good quarterback? Because Lamar Jackson throws the football blackly. <laughs> so, you know, you got to look at it under a different scope. Right. No, it's just it's crazy. Black passing is different. You know, you can't really it, see his own. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's it. So, no, that's and, it, and, and I'm going to just go into this. I'm sorry. But it also goes into the fact where we talk about, you know, this dude is – you. Michael Vick is on record of saying that he's better than him. Everybody Lamar, is on you record know. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Jackson. All the defensive first. players and coaches. <laughs> Right. Uh, it, so it doesn't make sense that if Vic was the number one pick, which he should have been, and Lamar Jackson is literally a, a, a light year version better than Vic, meaning he is a much better runner, much under control, passing numbers out the world. Like we say, Vic didn't even have passing numbers coming out of Virginia Tech. So is it, you know, it is just, it's downright insulting for this dude, for somebody to say that Lamar Jackson is tied for fifth with Mason Rudolph. Mason if you Rudolph. think if you think Mason Rudolph give you the same chance of success as Lamar Jackson, as as sad. I think really when is. you look at Mason Rudolph, he gonna set the record for taking sacks. <laughs> so he like Landry Jones reincarnated, like to be honest. But when you look at Lamar Jackson, it all brings to his pro day, which right. happened right. All the the statements you heard from Jim Moore Jr. was all coming from uh, his pro day, and so we know how that pro day went. It was the most negatively covered pro day. Oh, my God. I saw the cut-ups. I mean, I saw the cut-ups of every drop, you know, missed five pass at the pro day. So if, if he missed on five passes, they showed all five. Don't you worry. And the, here's the thing, too. You know, the leading off the pro day, mm-hmm. Miak was on there saying, like, you know, before we get started, from what I've been hearing, teams have been having a lot of problems getting in touch with Lamar Jackson. Like, bro, listen. <laughs> We live in an era where you could slide in somebody's DM. Right. So you mean to tell me that an NFL, if you you remember what it was like when, when the recruitment process and how 
like us remember Iowa called the house and was right. like my mom was like Emory Iowa on the phone. Right. You mean Timmy Lamar Jackson? <laughs> like if, if they call his first of all, you mean Timmy they only got his mama. No, mama no, no, this this we we live in the like you say, this the Twitter age, though. Right. Like, this Facebook, right? Like you don't even need nobody's phone number. I could get in touch with anybody on this planet. <laughs> right. Like you mean to tell me they could only contact Lamar Jackson's mom? Right. No. E- let's let's even if that was true, right? So you mean to tell me his mom would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna tell him who is it? The Cleveland, the Cleveland Reds, Indians, right, the him. Cleveland Indians, <laughs> right? You know, like, so right. let's say if it was true, they could only contact two people. You mean to tell me they can't call Bobby Petrino, right? Like, they oh, can't. Show, they got unlimited money, right? You mean they can't fly to Miami to to talk with this dude <laughs> like this. That story to lead off. This man's pro day yeah. was bogus, and yeah. you know what they tied it right into? He don't have an agent. Of course, no, because no, here's the thing: that's the most overplayed like resource ever. Like a uh, uh, agent is there to give you secondhand information. So why not just call the person that you need to get it to firsthand? Because the agent got to relay the information to the to the source, like which makes no sense. And I'm gonna say again, you know, I tweeted it out this week, like. I shouldn't be paying somebody a percentage of my salary to, to book a flight. Like <laughs> right. I could book a flight. Like you know, like that it, it, it is just crazy. They act like agents are doing something like m- some miracle work. You know, now I would say this maybe the biggest plus of an agent is you got proactive outreach. You know, like I, I hate to say like fanboys, but they just go out talking, talking, talk. But Lamar Jackson is the product. They want him. If they're gonna call him, he's gonna come. And if you won't talk, you're gonna come see him. Like it ain't it is it's really not that complicated. He shouldn't Lamar Jackson don't need nobody on the phone calling Philadelphia trying to schedule a meeting. <laughs> yeah, can, can we come? Hey, I got Lamar Jackson. You think about taking him in? Man, that's a, this man trying to go to a team that's gonna let him play. Hey, Period. Hey, here's the other part that people forget. Didn't they just come from the combine? Right, I know. No, they just met and talked to everybody. That's my point. So, let me let's do some rapid round fire, right quick. So, I'm gonna ask you a question about mm-hmm. agents, and I'm gonna need you to give me a yes or no answer. Right? Okay. All right. 2011. Did that? Did an agent help defend Cam Newton about his fake smile? <laughs> no, not at all. All right. 2012. <laughs> did an agent help uh, Russell Wilson become taller, or did the the agent help? RG3 deflect the fact that he never took a snap under center. Not at all. Not 2013, all. did the agent help Geno Smith go in the first round when he was clearly the best passer in that draft? When he had 42 touchdowns and seven picks? Yeah. Oh, no, not at okay. all. 2014, did an agent help with Teddy Bridgewater's skinny knees? <laughs> <laughs> that really was part of his scouting report. That was part of his scouting report. No, and, and it's as I remember, Teddy was on the field trying to lead the Vikings deep in the playoffs for the kicker missed a, a chip shot. And so but that's neither here, here nor there. 2015, did the agent help Jameis Winston, uh, the talk around Jameis Winston, that he was going to be a terrible pro? Oh, no, none of that. So, so I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Oh, look, I'm no. not finished. No, we no. More. We got two more. <laughs> okay. 2016, did an agent help? Cordell Jones, 
who just had the the best three game streak in in college football history go in the first two rounds. No. And, and here's the thing, Cardell should have. I'm gonna say again, Cardell should have came out that year, man. He should have. Like, he should have. Jeez, man. 2017 did the agent help uh, Deshaun Watson deal with the the radar gun, or did the agent help Deshaun Kaiser deal with the comments coming from Brian Kelly, or did the, the agent help deal with uh, Pat Mahomes and the fact that he came out of gimmicky offense? Did the agent help with all that? No, and, and I'm gonna say this again, dude. the fans in Cleveland do realize they passed on Watson. They had to get that generational DN, man. They got, they got, oh, yeah. You're talking about Garrett, the, the archaeologist. He had, like eight, he had like 18 sacks last year, right? Oh, he better had. He better had. I saw all them touchdowns Watson was putting up. He, Watson he was, Watson was leading the league in touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. But, you know, he, he, for some reason, they had to question if he could play quarterback. Well, because that radar gun. You just watch this dude throw 700 passes in college, but uh, this mythical radar gun clocked him at 49 miles an hour like but i don't see care if you... no but see here, here's the thing here's the thing this is why the fans in cleveland are resting easy because they know that with this first and fourth pick they about to seal the deal you know what <laughs> let's 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 talk about that and and because you saw the talk was uh um odell beckham could be going to the cleveland brown the browns the, the, he's on the block which mm-hmm. is dumb in its sense I don't know why the media out here is so hell-bent on shipping out their best player, right? So let's say Odell Beckham really is on the trading block, and they said the uh, uh, the, the compensation was two firsts. Mm-hmm. So let's, the, who has two firsts in this draft? You got the Browns and you got uh, the Bills. So here's how it could work out, and the Browns could instantly become the most dangerous team in football. I mean, so, if they haven't seen the football game playing Cleveland Browns draft under construction, then they need to check that out. You got to check that out. So here's here's how it could work for the Browns, right? I'm not giving up, number one. You pick first, you take the best player. That's Saquon Barkley. So now you done got the dynamic player in the backfield. And so by the Browns taking Barkley, number one, with all these faces of the franchises. You like got you four of them. You, you got, got four of them. You know, so you got – and you, you, I mean, you could really throw five in there if you talk about Ru- Rudolph because he tied right. with Lamar Jackson, right? Exactly. He's so, he just as good as Lamar, so you might as well count Mason. So, I mean, you got, can't count out Mason Rudolph. So so now you took Barkley. Faces of the franchises are going to go two and three, right? Got so it. let's say two out of the five are gone. Buffalo dying for one. You know what I'm saying? They took they signed one in free agency in, in A.J. McCarron. They dying to get another one. So, Matter of fact, NFL.com just had the Buffalo trade up and announced it on their mock draft like it was real news. See what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know they want a face. They got to get a face. So if you're Cleveland, you're like, okay, they they want the face. We know right. who the best player. So we're going to take 12 and 22. You could take four, take your face. Right. And at 12, they take Lamar Jackson. So now you got Barkley and you got Jackson. And you still got a first round pick. You take twenty two, and you take your first round pick of two thousand nineteen, and you know what? Toss in Corey Coleman. You ship all right. three of them to the Giants for Odell Beckham. Now you got an offense. They got Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Landry, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Gordon, and you got the two tight ends in the Joku and Seth the Valve. You mean telling that offense not going to average fifty eight points a game? Yeah. Hey, listen. But here's what the Browns is going to do. 
because this why the because all the hate that you get you know people get clenched up because they think that you you're not giving them a fair perspective as if color matter right, right. as if 10 years ago we wasn't sitting there wondering why danny woodhead wasn't being drafted bingo right i mean it is what it is but here's the thing al i think the browns are gonna take Allen number one here's why because he got that arm that could cut through that wind so hold on, let me write this because <laughs> you know every home game you play in Cleveland gonna be windy yeah, and cold and snowy. So that right, so you know they didn't bought on to that. They, and, so pick number one is Allen. All right, so they got Allen. Allen. And then at pick four, they go on with the guard to protect Allen. Oh right, yeah. So you gotta because you saw you saw how so, he hit that dude on that on that uh, trap play, that so, unsuspecting D lineman. So you got so, Allen and you got Quentin no, Nelson. So they're gonna leave the first round with no explosive players. <laughs> <laughs> but they got two high second round picks though, so maybe they can get a running because you know this is a deep running back class. Maybe yeah. they can get a, a guy around too. So they got two high second round picks. So would where, where would they go? With those two picks, that's, I think they got pick 33 and pick 35. Well, pick 33 by this being Cleveland, you know, they're going to want somebody to, to pound it out. I, I think they may go Bo Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Bo Scarborough got that pound the back. So you got Bo Scarborough because he going to – because, listen, in that, in, the, in that AFC North, you got to run tough. You right? got to have the tough yards. Everyone, you know, so you got Bo Scarborough. And then they're going to stretch the field with DJ Chalk because they built Ooh, that relationship. <laughs> they built <laughs> at the senior bowl. So let me, camaraderie. let me recap this 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 offense. So now you got Josh Allen, Quentin Nelson, so Bo Scarborough. Listen, why take Saquon first when you could get Bo in the second? That's true. It's value. That's position. Because you know the NFL now, guards are way more important than running backs. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Even though the run, the the highest paid guard was an undrafted free agent, but let's take a guard in the top five because right. he, uh, you know, he he like a wrestler, you know, he a, a mangler, you know right. what I'm saying, like George the Animal Steel type guy. <laughs> and you get Bo Scarborough because in that AFC North in Cleveland in that weather, you got to right. be able to pound the rock. You got to, and Bo gonna lean for two. <laughs> <laughs> and then you talked about stretching the field with chalk yeah. with that speed. And you, and you know you know Allen gonna wait till you get fifty yards into your go route before he throw it because he could throw it eighty so you know ain't nobody gonna stop chalk. But see that's why you gotta get Quentin Nelson because he can give him the time exactly on that chalk. play action on that play you, action <laughs> you know because he get back out that snap like seventeen yards with his right. drop back. And so, here this, this is what you gotta understand what's so flawed about your under construction mock draft is that why would they take Barkley when they signed Carlos Hyde? That that see when I when that logic comes into my mentions, like now you know here's here's why I take offense to that because you're not trusting my practical experience at the position. You're right. not trusting my track record of success being able to diagnose which running backs give you the most bang for your buck. All right. You're gonna take the fact that they signed a basic back and they're going to pass on a chance to get touchdowns because they can get 4.1 yards a carry. Right. What, what since that, when, when did having practical experience become a negative? I have no clue. It, it, it is, you know, and that, that kind of reminds me of the book, man, the, the football myths book, man, is that, is that it, it is crazy that in today's society, I'm going to just say this. I'm not a basketball player, 
But I'm going to take Jalen Rose advice over Bill Simmons' advice every day of the week. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. I don't care how many books Bill Simmons write, how many people call him an expert. I know Jalen Rose played basketball professionally, and he did it for a living. So I'm going to trust his opinion over everything, anything else. If I'm, if I'm looking to go get surgery, I'm going to trust the doctor versus somebody that ain't never seen blood before, but they just watch ER surgeries on, you know, Discovery Channel. Uh, you need practical experience. It is just crazy that, you know, these people become experts and have their opinions highly valued with no practical experience. It is This is probably one of the only professions where that's feasible. And they get mad when you bring it up. It's not like saying you, like you only have to play. You right. can have an opinion, but your opinion weighted against a guy that had actually done it is different. It, it is. It we could is. both be right, but I'm going to probably lean to the guy that has been through those wars, that has put on that equipment, that has, you know, carried the ball. You, you know what I'm right. saying? Even when we go back and forth with, you know, quarterbacks, like we we both like Lamar Jackson. But okay. if Phil Simms would come up here and say, well, I think Josh Rosen is a little bit better because of X, Y, Z, I may not agree, but I'm not going to. Say his opinion don't count because he played. Because he position. Phil Sims, <laughs> right? He played quarterback. He played quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but I don't. I don't. But that ties into what we talked about earlier with the whole people hang on that millennium or millennial. So they that triggers something. And when you say, "Well, this guy played," oh, you you don't do you saying you have to play? like? No, calm down. Right. That, that, that <laughs> unclench. Be, unclench. Unclench. <laughs> let the let the sphincter relax. Like, because you know you clinch up too much, that caused hemorrhoids. Right. No, and here's the thing. Relax. <laughs> here, here's what's so fun, and I really mean this, bro. It's like, as far as I'm just bringing this up as far as coaching and stuff like this, as far as practical, like having practical experience, if that if you've never played the game, then you really can't relate to the fact, I'm just going back to Sam Donald, that you can't coach somebody to be better with the ball. Like, you just can't. And it, I'm going to take even a crucial situation. Like, most fans don't understand this, but we understand this because we know who Matt Ryan is. They can't understand how he took that sack in the Super Bowl in that crucial situation. But you Matt Ryan, and that's what you're going to do when the <laughs> pressure on the line. Like, in the, most, in the most obvious situation, get rid of the ball. We had field goal range. What did Matt Ryan do with the game on the damn line? Took a sack. Because you you can't coach that out of somebody. You you can't coach out scariness. You can't coach out ball sloppiness. You know, like it is what it is. So all this talk about Donald being the savior when you see this dude super loose with the ball, that's just crazy. You know you why know? our our rankings tend to you know even out and, and be like a little bit different than everybody else and be a little bit more level headed is because we take emotion out of it. Right. Think about this. You know, and this is a part of the being a part of or having that practical experience. When when you think like a coach, when you think like you nice and some a coach or evaluator evaluates your talent and tells you where you have to improve. And, you know, they have no they, they're not your family. They're not your right. friends. They're not your, they're not your high school coach. They just telling you what they see on film. Right. And the, so there's no emotion in it. And so you're like, all right, well, yeah, that makes sense. I, I probably do have to, you know, not cut block. Everybody right. that comes through, I probably have to, you know, take a shot or two. I probably have to get a little bit faster. Right. Um, but when you have emotion based scouting, which, you know, a lot of these guys want heroes. Um, I think that's where they get, you know, because if you look at the football game plan scouting grades, 
all these guys got starter grades. Like right. I have them: Jackson, uh, Darnold, Rosen, uh, Baker, and I think Quentin Flowers in my top five. Mm -hmm. But all of them got like seventies, except um, Jackson. Jackson got a ninety. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying these guys can't start. But if right. you say if you rank them like that, they'll look at your rankings and say, well. How could you? How could you say this guy is better? Like I just said, they're a starter. You could we. What they don't understand is you could have the same grade as a player, and they could be two completely different players. Right, like literally for two completely different reasons. Right. And so I don't get why, but hey, that's listen. emotion. You know, they no. you take emotion out of it, you'd be a lot better as an evaluator. No, it is what it is, and I'm a, I'm gonna go up to it again, man. Is that I know through history, I I'll never forget what happened with you in the uh in that North Dakota State form. Oh, I wasn't mean, that like <laughs> I was no, they thought I was you the antichrist. Like, like you, I was I was Sherman <laughs> Sherman Douglas. Like, like no, so you know, it's just crazy that people can't take fair analysis. So are we gonna go back there? And the reason I'm bringing that up because the analysis is still fair. Carson Wentz, yes, went eleven and two. But when you break down the numbers, the dude is barely a sixty percent passer. Like barely. And when you consider the fact that 80% of the Eagles throws is screens and checks. Like if you like the dude is not doing nothing spectacular at the quarterback position, but nobody's willing to say that, you know, without putting emotion into it. Nobody's willing to say, oh, Nick Foles might be better than him without right. putting emotion into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just far as a passer, you know, yeah, you know, you give Wentz his props for la rah rah lead or some dudes like that. But Football speaking, the dude is not like no world breaking quarterback. Is you know, it, it is what it is, and most people are not, you know, willing to hear that objectively. You know, and, and that's the biggest issue because again, like you further break down those numbers. My comp for him was uh, Matt Castle because right. my and my reason was you know he's streaky, he's athletic, and I think he's a decent player. And but people saw that as like you got this dude, you saying he trashed like. Well, if we fully break down his numbers, look, if you look at Matt Castle's best year, when he, you know, that year he went 27 and 7, I think it was with Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And you look at Carson Wentz's 2017 season, and you break down the split, both had multiple games, I want to say four, mm -hmm. uh, where they threw less than 200 yards passing. Now, right. granted, touchdowns matter, right? right? So he had 27, he had 33. And the difference between Wentz and Nick Foles is the athleticism. That's the part that adds that whole dynamic part to uh, the Eagles' offensive attack. However, when you look at Foles, you know, if you took away the the athleticism part and compared them to as passers, Foles probably grades out much higher. Much higher, right? Yeah. But that's not saying that Foles is, is light years better or wins right. completely trash. That's just a fair analysis based off him. But you can't have fair analysis because you have to you have the grandstand. And, and you have no, and out of that, you have to say what they're saying in the main it, on the mainstream sources. Because if you disagree with them, then something wrong with you. You the right. You're the racist. You're the real right. Like they right. like, and are you stupid? <laughs> um, but this this the same herd that told us that Bishop Sankey was Bo Jackson. Right. And oh my. Was goodness. like you know when you look at Bishop Sankey, you probably could get a guy like that. That's what they're talking about when you say, "Oh, why take Saquon Barkley high when you get." You know, hey, Bishop let, let's just say this. Let's just say this because we're going to get it on record. It is April 2nd. And I'm just say this. I'm going to say right now that we could call it right now about what Jeremy Hill and Kadera Patterson about to do in New England. 
since people think those two dudes are dudes that can't contribute. Oh my god, I'm so glad you now, brought that up. Can we? <laughs> I don't think people understand what just happened in New England. No, you know, you know what that news was like. It's like how, let's say, if you you, you look at uh, politics or the the world scale, right? Right. And, you know, everybody's talking about the teachers on strike, teachers on strike, and that's you know, and teachers should get paid six figures, number one. Right. But that's taking up all the news. Like you turn on any news network, and they're showing the teachers protest. But right. so everybody focusing on. Uh, you know, the, the Rams defense, we'll talk about the Rams defense in a second. Talk right. about the Rams this, the Rams that, uh, you know, the Migos just had the flag football tournament right. in Atlanta. <laughs> but what you see scrolling at the bottom of the screen is like, uh, you know, Trump just signed into law, nuclear battlefield tested. That's right. what the Patriots just did. Like, right. they just signed They just signed two touchdown makers. Exactly. Like, they to signed, go along with Gronk and Brandon Cooks. Thank you. So now you got the Patriots with – uh, 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 probably the best back they've had since Corey Dillon. Right. And a receiver that, that don't do nothing but score touchdowns. <laughs> like, why are you focusing on the Rams and, and all, you know, which is great. The Patriots just got better. <laughs> but see, you got you to gotta realize, see, Jeremy Hill not better than the dude they drafted from Oklahoma. I forgot. I can't even think of his name. Uh, Joe Mixon, be, yeah, you know why? That, that's what that's the running story. That's, that's I'm being story. facetious right now. <laughs> because when you put the numbers on in the in the computer in the in the metrics, they come out showing you when you look at the spider web charts and yeah, athletic testing, uh, the Olympic shapes, all that stuff tells you that Joe Mixon is, you know, history point three yards a carry. You know, it, it really wasn't on him. They, the offensive line was terrible. You know, the turf in Cincinnati was yeah, bad. In the film, they wasn't getting the right tape. Yeah, because when you you got to you're not using him properly, like with a running. Speaking of not using a player properly, I love that about uh, how people say, "Oh, the the biggest need for the Panthers is a running back." Like, no, how about you just turn around and do the ball? That's Christian McCaffrey. You just watch him at Stanford, and you know Stanford go out there with no with, with three fullbacks, three fullbacks and nothing but tackles, and they running right downhill, and, and he did two thousand yards with the Cardinal. But that's they treating the man. They they out there treating the man like he Dave Meggett. Exactly right. It's, it's all ego, man. It's stupid. Now, we 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 got off track, but we always get back on track because that's how we do here. Right. The Rams defense. What are your yeah. thoughts on the, what they did in free agency? I'm trying to figure out what where all the salary cap space at. They got it. They got it turned off. It's okay. like that. Yeah, exactly. They must have hit the off button on salary <laughs> cap. Because I'm gonna just say this. First of all, I was you know you know being a Saints fan, I was yelling and screaming for us to draft Marcus Peters the, the year we drafted Pete. So I'm a big-time Marcus Peters fan, and to see him doing what he did only verifies what we say when we see, you know, eye for talent. But what, but is, then, what was his three-cone drill? Because, you know, cause uh, he didn't <laughs> test well. And, and here's the thing. And what's so funny is Akeem been doing this since Kansas. Kansas, <laughs> when he was a receiver, too. Exactly. Like, like this ain't nothing new. So it's just – to know that in in, in uh, L.A. that you really have two corners that are almost identical in the way they play, the way they go after the ball, the way they tackle, and you got two of the best defensive tackles, like strongest, you know. Quick wide. as off the ball. Exactly, exactly. Like, it's, I mean, you know. And you got LaMarcus Joyner back there yeah. who can play all the spots in exactly. the Exactly. So, I mean. Yeah, it's going to be bad for, for offenses trying to go against the Rams. All they could do is, you know, hope some attrition happened with injury or something. But if them dudes healthy, it's, it just is what it is. You got two corners you can't throw at and two D tackles that need to be double teamed. 
here's the thing too I like about the Rams because they understand that you take the best players, right, and take talented right. players. And right. You look at their their offense is going to be good just as a byproduct. Their receiver is going against those corners, and you talk about the receivers with Cooper Cup, uh, Robert Woods, Tavon Austin, Josh Reynolds from Texas A&M. I don't know why right. he fell to the fourth round. Right. Um, and all they he even, do is catch touchdowns. All he do is catch us out. And you look at their fullback. They got the dude from Virginia Tech, Sam Rogers, who was <laughs> right. out there. Cutting people up. <laughs> right. So you you allow them to accumulate all this talent on both sides of the ball. And they're gonna, well, how they're not, but they're gonna they're gonna give it to Sean McVado. Because yeah. the wizard here, you know, right. it's the wizardry of the offensive scheme. And you can right? relate to those players. Right, because you know you're millennial, right? <laughs> so my thing is like we can go out and coach the Pro Bowl play, right? right? And look like geniuses. Yeah, How much yeah. of a genius would it look like if we was coaching Georgia in 1980 with Herschel Walker back there as a tailback? I know. Hey, I just had a hey, turnaround hand at the Herschel. I just, I'm gonna say this, and I mean it. How? I mean, even in Kansas City, like. How do you give up Peters? Like I, we always say this, M, and it's just sad. And it's sad that you know we in this day and time and life. But why? When it stopped being about football? When 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 more people started covering it, <laughs> like that's the thing. So here's what you like about McVay is McVay is kind of trying to prove to people that he knows about football. Bingo. Like you know, <laughs> you could not like Sue. You could think he dirty. You could have all these feelings. You could a key to leave could have took somebody chain on the field. He could have slapped it. It don't matter. Can he play football? Can, that's what I need to know. Marcus Peters may have threw that flag in the stands and laughed about it, but guess what? You can't get open. That's that's right. what I know. That's, that's why what I, I know. That's why I think you know Jimmy Johnson deserves to be up there with some of the greatest coaches of history because when you talk about a guy that legitimately understood, like I don't give a damn. What you got going on? Can you ball? <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's so, all I care about. That's it. As long as you ain't killing nobody, hurting nobody, man. Like and I said, even if that... you kill somebody, maybe the dude had it coming, <laughs> right? So like, in that case, I understand, right? That's a Chris Rock, right? <laughs> right. No, but for real, it's that simple. Like I, and that's you know how we start the show off with Josh Rosen. Like I don't care about what he do outside of football, and you know, and that's. Not knocking him. Like, it's it, many, everybody have interests outside of football. You know, some players make music. Some people want to be actors and all this stuff. Like, we know the big dude way from back in the day with Minnesota went on to be a judge. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, the Hall of Fame player. So, it's just, man, people have different interests. It's about what can you do on Sunday. Well, so, here's the thing, too, though. Like, when you, you talk about outside interests, Eddie George you know, was into ballet and now mm -hmm. he's doing Broadway shows. He's a actual, he's actually a really good actor. Right. Um, to kill spikes, you know, he's into photography, got a really right. good book out called behind the mask and Ricky Williams played with right. junior bugs. At practice. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that didn't stop him from toting that rock. Though. Toting that rock. You look at Thomas Jones, Thomas right. Jones in movies, he an actor, <laughs> but that didn't stop him from rushing for 10,000 yards in his career. Right. So I mean, that's you. You got to be a good football player first, right? So that's you can be you can be into dinosaurs. You can right. be a smart dude, right? But you, you can be like sailing. Play. You can like sailing, right? You you know what I'm saying? Like you can be a rich dude, but you better be a good football player. Now you talk right. about Josh Rosen, and you bring up the numbers. Um, I just find it interesting when you, how much different you think his career was than Brett Huntley? 
Uh, not much. When you look at the numbers, you you have a good argument that say Hundley was more successful, especially when you look at the record. That's what they won more games. Right. Like and uh, you know, but here's what here's where the nuance is going to come into play, right? People, are, oh well, he had better help around him. First of all, UCLA is a Power Five school. Number one, they gonna always have talent. And right. Yes, Brett Huntley probably had better backs. He had Jonathan Franklin, who was a dog. He, right. Oh, man, uh, oh, I miss Jonathan Franklin. He Jeez. got hurt. You know, I know, I know, I know. Franklin he was, was the Packers. Right. Franklin was a dog. You know what I'm saying? You got Franklin. Then he go from Franklin to uh, the guy that is now with the Giants um, and Paul Perkins, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul Perkins played two years under Ro- not under uh, Huntley, and he also played with Rosen. And this year, you know, they neither of them had, like, really standout receivers, but mm-hmm. where Huntley came – to play is where the difference was was in his ability to get out the way and run and pick up yards. He averaged over what 500 yards a season rushing and, and 10 touchdowns. Like I'm looking at the numbers now 748 yards in 2013, 11 touchdowns, 644 in 2014, t- 10 touchdowns, nine touchdowns as a freshman. So wow. that's the difference. And they won. Right. And the passing numbers are 29 11 as, as a freshman. 24 and 9 in 2013, 22 and 5 as a junior. Wow. Rosen just may not be that good. good. I know. No, I know. No, yeah, I'm, we always say this, and I mean it. If you're a good quarterback, you're going to win. And his 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 record speaks for itself, man. Like, if you're a good quarterback, you will not have a bad record. Shout out to Jake Browning. Like, literally. I mean, it's just that simple. If you're uh, the, the quarterback has such an impact on the game that if you have a great quarterback, you're going to be a winning team. That's why. Why the – I'm about to curse. <laughs> like, why you think all these teams be after a quarterback? Because they know that. Like, they know that if you have a good quarterback, by default, your team should win. And think about this, and this is proof positive. You could have a really good team, and if your quarterback trash or average – you're not going to be as successful. Case right. in point, 2010, 2011, Seattle, juxtaposed to a rookie third-round pick in Russell Wilson playoffs. Right. 2013, Super Bowl. 14, Super Bowl again. Right. Seattle right. always had that team. Right. <laughs> Same team. Add, add, a different, add a dude that's not scared, as talented, you know, but I, I digress, dude. Like, so – we gotta get we gotta bounce on out of here, man. We've been talking to the folks long enough. So uh you know how we always like to end stuff with, with the music. Um right. but before we you know, we talk about quality, and I always want to get your take on this because you actually we're in we're in two different fields. I see right. the quality from you talked about the, the videos that we put out here at Football Game Plan that are awesome. Uh nice, you know, they 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 look appealing, they are informative, um, but you see other people put out just standard trash with trash opinions and trash right. information and the videos don't look as good, but yet they constantly get burned with, with music. You, there was one point in time where you had to have talent and the industry checked you if you didn't, but now right. the quality doesn't matter. Uh, why is, when did quality stop mattering? Hey, listen, I, maybe it happened some point over the time where I had kids. Cause I'm telling you, I told you this and I really mean it, bro. Like, even when I'm watching TV, you know, like, usually you, you're you watching any major network when the music come on to get you hyped for the game. Like, oh, you, you, most of the time, you, it, it should make you want to go look up a song. Right. Right? 
Like literally when I'm watching TV, when anything come on as anything close to sounding like rap, it sounds like somebody was really in the studio playing. Like, 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 like it wasn't even, they, like they didn't even finish. Right. <laughs> as if it was like, like it was oh, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna finish that next week. <laughs> we we gonna send it in from the play like so it's i don't know like maybe you know that must be a new thing where quality is not that important now it's just about you know enjoying yourself and wilding out doing whatever because i'm telling you and sometimes when i'm listening to stuff bro i'm i'm i have a hard time even understanding how i made it through the process of being approved to be on tv it had to go through so many hands right so many people be like you know what nah dude this it's kind of whack. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, do it again. We do that right. here. If a video, we have so many ideas. We put out so many different like concepts and we think like, all right, you know what? That didn't really get the feedback. It was, it was kind of whack. We're going to scrap it. You know what right. We get away from it. But not this, not this day and age. Like you put out these takes and then if you tell somebody whack, then here comes the, the 10,000 word <laughs> article of, of why what you said causes <laughs> depression to me. Right. Like, <laughs> Man, get the hell out of here, man. So right. we go we go hit this this thing up. You know, we always drop a little verse or I some spoken you. word. So uh you want to kick it off? Yeah, I kick it off for you. I got something. Uh this is from my second album, something called Season Two. So this is available. This is a song I did with a uh, young bleed called uh Love Living. And um is uh, you know, I, I, I like it. It's pretty much about you'll you'll get the gist of it. I said uh I start to cherish every second I breathe. I went through plenty, plenty mess in the streets. I know many people resting in peace. And since I'm still here doing me, that's proof positive there's something greater that I'm destined to be. I tell a hater, get this message from me. You see, talk is just talk, so you could keep talking and I'ma walk away. I'm sure there's something that you way more mad at than me. Like, are you happy with the man that you see? Before push come to shove, I'm going to put all the knuckles on my hands where you see. I'm just trying to mind my business, do my best to succeed. I never ran from a beef. Where I'm from, you couldn't get the police. You had to fight it out. Win or lose, celebrate, lick your wounds, but at least you could play pitch in the street. I ain't scared of nothing, ain't scared of dying. If it's on my mind, ain't scared of trying, ain't scared of failing. If I know the truth, look, I ain't scared to tell it. I laid down the bottom line for you. Other rappers, look, you dead in your face and lied to you. And homie, I don't get it, and I'm gonna be like this time I ain't living. Dude. I like that, man, because it, it's you know it's, it ties into exactly a lot of what we talked about on this episode. You know right. what I'm saying? And shout out to Young Bleed, like right, slept on, right. Now, they, where, where can they pick that up? That's on iTunes. You can get that uh, iTunes search I W D U E U music D U E U. You know, or they can get that from the from the website doumusic.com straight from there. Oh, you can go to your lake neighborhood shake shack and find yeah. a bootleg on the street corner. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna end it with a little uh, spoken word that kind of ties into what we talked about today. Before we wrap uh, wrap up, sometimes you can't believe what you're hearing between the smearing, the new appearing, but once the game kicks off, all that just goes to disappearing. We know for a fact that L. Jack, the wide receiver, and the Penn State back are the best which is why football game plan scouting is head and shoulders above the rest. So something quick, something small, something simple, but check out doyoumusic.com season two, season one about time. Um, a lot of the cool stuff out there, 
on that website. Follow him on Twitter. You slowly start to get into the Twitter game. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm dip your toe up. into it. I know. I'm creeping, creeping up. You know the other day I told you I sent you a message, which I thought was a tweet. Yeah, so, yeah, you got a long <laughs> way to go, man. Like, I got to worry about your ability to read defenses. You yeah, know exactly. Uh, of course, man. You know, it, I, I'm working on that. But I ain't running no fault here. You know what I'm saying? Good job right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, so, but I'm going to just say that. Much props to Lamar, bro. And I, and I really mean this. But I'm going to say this. It needs to be in this dude's contract that if he gets somewhere and they try to talk that noise that the contract is void. He could do that. He got the power to do that for all these people hating on him, talking about what type of agent he needs to have. That man handling this business. He doing what he needs to do, man. Shout out to Gene, too, because Gene brought it up on our uh, the podcast roundtable. We talked about um, the plight of the black quarterback, right? Right. And he said guys got to be willing to die for their position. For real, Lamar is he's showing them for real? Like, like he's showing is, them. I'm not doing nothing other than throwing. Period. And so you know, you're if right. You don't want me to be a quarterback, then you don't want me. Period. Now you just gotta hope he don't get to uh to the league and then get that you know that 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 wop baba loo bop a wop bamboo <laughs> hairstyle that uh Terrell Pryor got and you know started oh, combing, up, combing over and now he. Yeah. Terrell probably shouldn't have made the move to uh, receive anyway. But no. shout out to Lamar Jackson, like you said, for doing, doing this thing. And so for IW, I am Emory Hunt, the czar, the playbook. And, you know, appreciate you guys for listening. Hit me up on Football Game Plan at FBall Game Plan. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. And we will hit you guys up with episode seven. Sometime in the future, the zoo not dying. He got like five antibodies left. So we're going to yeah. see him get, <laughs> get him some more. We're going to go on iTunes. Hey, we're going to bounce out of here. We're going to bounce out of here. Yeah, yeah we're going to bounce on out of here. <laughs>